Welcome back to another episode of the Baseball 360 Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Kandel. Episode 3 of this beautiful, young, talented podcast. Cool. Thanks for having me again, Mike. It's good to be here again. Uh, Sean, unfortunately, is not here. uh, But I did see that you guys were able to uh, upload your very first Mets podcast together. How did that go? Well, honestly... We had a blast filming it. Unfortunately, the circumstances, which we're going to get into, but for not not for too long because I've I've beaten it to a pulp. I'm tired of that topic. But we were just so happy to get the podcast underway. Sean and I, as you guys know from watching this show, we can't stop talking Mets. We have a bit of a problem when it comes to that. I'm, and Fazio can attest to that as well. But we enjoyed filming it for you guys. We felt like we were hanging out back in his basement again 10 years ago, post-college days, talking Mets. And this time, we we decided to bring it home to you guys. And Mets Nation, come hop on this podcast. Once it grows and grows and grows, start live streaming, have some live guests, live call-ins, endless possibilities, not just with that podcast, but with Baseball 360 as well. So far, it's been incredible. Many of baseball chats were definitely taking place on Hickory Hill in Jackson, New Jersey. Uh, but it's nice to kind of see you guys so many years later take it to the video and podcast form and release it out to our audience. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing more episodes and maybe I'll pop in once in a while to kind of give like that even kill take of, you know, coming across town from the Yankee land and giving you guys kind of my take on certain Mets topics, but not going to get you know into it too much with you guys. I want to keep it civil and chill. We actually could have used you this week. I was, I'm not going to lie. Well, maybe not so much me or even Sean. Sean and I, we try to stay even keel about every situation, but there were a lot of Met fans on the ledge, on the ledge after hearing that news. And, you know, as I touched on in the uh, episode of 40, it takes more than just a closer to win a World Series. Um, Who was the Astros closer last year? Who was the Braves closer the year before that? Who was the Dodgers closer in 2020? And who was the Nationals closer in 2019? Who gives a shit? Well, as I think in my world of closers, if you're not Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman or even Billy Wagner, I'll throw him in there because I know he's up for a Hall of Fame debate. But if you're not those guys, then like, you know, there's always guys that'll flash in a year and then the next year they just fall off the face of the earth. So in my world, in my take of closers, you take a gamble on the next man up and see how he does. Guy's got David Robertson. I think he'll fill in pretty nicely if he doesn't do so well, then you may call another guy in and he could be your best closer, your next best closer. So I wouldn't go too far in the ledge Mets fans. I would hang in there. I think you guys will be all right. Thank you for that, Foz. You're you're a great friend. Still a Yankee fan, though. (laughs) Well, you know, I can't help but be great, so. Let's leg it out of the box, head over to first base. We're continuing with the WBC. We're heading into the semifinals now. Big games tonight. Yeah, so uh, tonight's Cuba versus USA. As we're recording this podcast, the game is yet to go live. So we're kind of a little early on that. But, um, you know, last night's game, USA versus Venezuela, it was a back and forth kind of game. I'll be quite honest with you, too. I think that was the game I watched most so far in this tournament be keeping an eye on things and you know trying to follow up but last night I really just had the time to just sit down with the game and just kind of watch the team and see how it was going and it was a gripping game throughout the whole thing I mean 
Trey Turner's home run was probably one of the biggest home runs that I've seen in U- uh, USA history. I mean, down two in the eighth inning, bases were loaded. Mark DeRosa kept Daniel Bard in uh, a long time, a couple innings before. He gave up a bunch of hits, walks, hit a couple guys, including Altuve, who we'll get into in the next segment. But at, at that time, they were down 7-5, to five, and everyone was kind of shitting on DeRosa, just being like, he left him in too long. He's you know he's not a veteran guy. We need somebody that has a veteran presence in the clubhouse. But Trey Turner kind of saved his ass and saved the day and saved USA from elimination. Just hit a huge grand slam to left field, and kind of just you know obviously turned the game around, turned the series around, and now they're going to face Cuba, um, who kind of just snuck in here. They really weren't tested too much uh, going back earlier last week, and so this is kind of their big test going in. Uh, they beat Australia last game to get here. And, you know, Australia was kind of lucky to even go this far. Um, so I'm just kind of curious if we're even going to see a mercy game tonight from the USA. But as we saw, you know, in games past, you never know what could happen. Cuba could up, pull up the upset and advance to the final, but I just don't see that happening. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I just remember when the tournament started about a week ago, the first couple of days I had a chance to see Cuba play, and I wasn't impressed at all. Uh, I know they had some major leaguers on their roster. They had Yon Mancada, uh, Luis Robert Jr., and they had Ioannis Cespedes. And the first two games or game and a half, it they just looked awful. The defense, uh, striking out, they were letting... I forgot who they played in their first game, but they were just like letting them bully them throughout the whole game. I just they, I saw no life in them, and then all of a sudden I stopped paying attention to them. I look up, they're in the semifinals. Let me touch up on uh, USA real quick. Cuba's going to have their work cut out for them uh, for sure. And going back to Trey Turner last night on an 0-2 pitch, it, I believe it was a slider. It's almost like he like flicked it out to left field. And that that's just a reminder of how much Trey Turner brings to the table. People always think about his speed, but the guy's got power in his bat. It's just a reminder of how deep the USA roster really is. And I would not be surprised if you see them holding up the title. Going over to the other game, you know, we got Japan facing off against Mexico. Mexico, you know, kind of bullied the whole pool, uh, including the USA. Uh, they kind of cruised to a first round and first seed there. And then they advanced to the semifinals to face Japan. And, you know, let's face it, Japan is basically the big monster out in the East uh, in both those pools that all those teams played in. So uh, are you saying, you know, the USA could basically take it as far now that they beat Venezuela, who was 4-0 after going into or before going to yesterday's game? Now, I like USA's chances more than any. I think they're riding high off the victory against Venezuela. Uh, I think, and this is kind of going into the topic of what it means to each country, I think you saw a lot of debate happen, um, and even myself included, after watching Diaz get hurt for Team Puerto Rico, I was like, what the hell is this all for? This game doesn't mean anything. Well, obviously it means something to them. And there was a point where, you know, USA fans of USA baseball they're like listen we really don't care about this this is just some this is a show at at best but i think if the reaction to Edwin Diaz's injury 
the passion shown by Team Puerto Rico almost brought the lack of enthusiasm out of the USA fans, or maybe they're like, no, why don't we show people how much this game really means to us in this country? And I think now, and I think they're feeling good. They look like they're in a little bit more rhythm than they were in the beginning of the tournament. There would be no surprise if they were to go on and take the entire thing, but Japan is a powerhouse as well. And shout out to Mexico for making it this far. I remember watching them, their first game, seeing Julio Urias on the mound. I was like, you know, they, they got a pretty good pitcher here, but the rest of the roster, I was like, eh, but they shut up to play. And more specifically, Randy Rosarina. I mean, this dude can just, in the biggest moments, in the biggest games, in the biggest tournaments, will just show up and show out. He had an unbelievable catch in, out, in the outfield. Yeah, just don't like- tell him. Just don't tell him he's on my fantasy team, and then you're good. You know. <laughs> Mike's Sorry, got a Randy. lot of <laughs> Mike's got a lot of players on his team that just completely mush year to year, whether it's football or baseball. It's a rough life. <laughs> but in any case, no, nah, I mean a Rosarina, like. Yeah, maybe during the regular season, there's stretches where he just strikes out a lot, doesn't produce. But when the moments count, it seems like he's there. And that's come back the last couple of years in the playoffs with the Rays or even now in the WBC with Mexico. He's getting big hits, and he had that huge play in the outfield. Uh, that was an incredible catch. I mean, did you did you see that catch or no? I did see it. I, no surprise. He, like you said, he's got a flair for the dramatic, whether it's offensively or defensively. Quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's still, what, 25, 26 years old? Very young. Another interesting thing about him, too, is that, you know, he was originally from Cuba, and then he defected to Mexico before he made it to the United States and, you know, playing Major League Baseball. So it'll be interesting to see if they do wind up uh, kind of, I don't know, what do you call it, an upset, I guess, against Japan? I would say it's a bit of a shocker if they beat Japan tomorrow. I would say so. Who's starting for Japan? So we got Roki Sasaki pitching for Japan tomorrow against Patrick Sandoval. Uh, he's on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of course, left-hander. Uh, so, I mean, Sasaki, he's not a major leaguer, but uh, he's pitched pretty well in the, in the WBC. He's 1-0, eight strikeouts, hasn't, earned run, hasn't had an earned run just yet. Roki Sasaki, there's a guy, as I mentioned last episode. Like you said, he's not... He's never pitched in the major leagues. We'll give it a couple of years. This is going to be his WBC highlight. When teams are going to interview him and try to get him to sign with an American team, this is going to be the game they highlight. You're going to see it on every highlight reel when they're talking about, is this guy worth it? Is Should he come to the major leagues? Always take a shot on a guy who could throw the ball 102 miles an hour. You'll figure out the rest. Wow, those are some big words. I'm curious now. You got to give us a prediction. I want to hear what you're predicting for this guy tomorrow night. What's he gonna? What's his line gonna be? So the guy could probably miss the game and strike out ten batters tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. But I I would not be surprised if he approaches double digit strikeouts. You know, and this all depends on how far in the game he goes. I could see minimal traffic on the base path. He could shut this lineup down. I, I believe it. Wow. But, All right. But watch out for Randy or Rosarena. Anything can happen when he's on a baseball field. All right. All right. So 
I I think Japan. I I think Japan has enough to advance. Now they are coming from Tokyo um, to play in this game. They haven't been to the United States to play a game just yet in the WBC. So it'll be interesting to see if these guys have a little pep in their step. Japan has an extra day rest uh, as as Cuba is facing off tonight. So you know you would think that they're pretty much ready to go. Their jet lag is gone at this point and. And they'll be out and, and ready to ball. Um, with Sasaki, I, I would love to just have this clip like posted out on social media and like follow up on it maybe like a season later and see if this is correct. Uh, but based off of you know what I've seen from him and what we've talked about, I wouldn't be surprised if a major league baseball team decides to sign him in a year's time and uh, he comes over and becomes you know one of the next big Japan starters in the in the majors. So. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see what he does, and we'll have to see his performance tomorrow. And I'll either be on your back all all week next week about it, or you know I'll be singing your praises. And uh, you know we'll see how it goes. To be fair, though, this is Japan's first real test in the tournament. They've been there before. They've won two titles back in 06 and 09. So this isn't really unfamiliar territory for them. They are up to the task and. You know, I think they got the finals on their sights for sure. Obviously, got to get through a tough Mexico lineup first to do that. And, uh, you know, Sandoval is not a slouch either. He's a pretty decent pitcher. Um, he could show up and have a great game. But, you know, I, I anticipate these stars maybe not going past five innings, uh, given, you know, the circumstances of the tournament and how long they want to see starters pitch out there. But, you know, Sasaki, like you said, 10 strikeouts in five innings. Is that what you're saying? It can happen. All right, that's enough time at first base. Let's take our butts to second. Going back to the WBC, another big injury for an even bigger player on the inside. Physically, he's tiny. <laughs> Jose Altuve uh, took a pitch off his hand, if I'm not mistaken, or his wrist. No, it was actually his right hand. Um, and yeah, due to the hit by pitch, broke his right thumb. Uh, there was a picture actually still from the broadcast. You can clearly see like the thumb is completely just flattened and broken. Um, so the Astros, uh, obviously they, you know, brought him back. They did tests on him and uh, determined that he needed surgery on the, on the thumb to uh, get it back up to speed and back up to health. And they're not really giving us a timetable right now, but based off of this kind of injury, typically a player, takes about two, maybe three months max for them to come back. So pretty big blow to the Astros. Obviously, Altuve is pretty much the heart of the team, even though he is the smallest player. Yep. Um, but he's been there forever. Uh, he's like their, I would say, face of the franchise at this point. But I don't think them losing him will slow them down too much. Hey, they might not break the records or the wins record uh, in a season, I still think they're going to finish in first place without him in the lineup for the first two months. But with that being said, there's other teams in this division now that can kind of take this news and try to take advantage of the Astros. But their lineup, in this, including their starting rotation, is still so solid, so deep, that this to me just feels like a, a little bump in the road for them. As incredible as Jose Altuve has been for the Houston Astros, they're a, they're a machine this won't stop them in any way, shape, or form. Like you said, are they going to break any wins records? Who really cares? They just care about winning the games that matter. And I have a funny feeling 
They should have no problem doing that again. He's not going to be out for the year. So worst case scenario, they're just going to get a fresher version of Jose Altuve when he comes back, which means the rest of the league is screwed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least their division's screwed. Um, I, I mean, outside One of the second. Angels. One second. Go I want to ask go you, ahead. John, does the yeah. trash can go on the DL too? All right. Uh, it's an old joke. It's an old hashtag joke. Hashtag petty. Exactly. What is this, 2017? <laughs> I, I, I was the guy who was rooting for the Astros while they were cheating, so I can't even talk. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different iterations of cheating, too. Like the Yankees and the Red Sox were caught with like technology in their dugouts. It wasn't maybe as you know crazy as what the Astros did in 2017, but... Look, the even though the penalty wasn't as harsh as I wanted it to be, I kind of just took it for what it was. Like the Yankees, yeah, they probably could have advanced the World Series. Doesn't give them the right to be there or even raise the trophy at that point. You know, the Dodgers could have won in that World Series if they play the Yankees. Different line, lineups, different matchups. You never know what could happen. You can't play that game. So in my opinion, they were caught. Should they have been stripped of their rings? Eh, debatable. My Yankee self says yes. My like baseball visionary self says no. So um, I think they did the the crime. I don't know if they did the time, but for me, time has passed enough that I can just move past this. And with Dusty Baker getting his ring last year, I was okay with everything that kind of transpired after that. Do I still hate Altuve a little bit? Was I happy he got injured? Maybe a little bit, but it wasn't enough to be like, hey, like this guy deserves it. Like, obviously don't want someone like that to get injured. He's great for the game, great for baseball. It's exciting to see him play. Uh, and if I face him in fantasy baseball, it's the only shitty time I want him to do that. <laughs> anything besides that, you know, it's cool with me. Now, if you are the other teams in the ALS, such as the Mariners and maybe the Angels to an extent, you could try to use this as a way to maybe – convince yourself that you have somewhat of an edge maybe you have somewhat of a chance you got at least maybe take advantage of the games where you play them head on it would be a little bit easier without Jose Altuve but you're going to tell me the Astros aren't prepared for injuries you're going to tell me they they don't have roster depth that's foolish oh yeah definitely foolish um and speaking of the other teams too like I want to riff a little bit on the Angels um because they're just a fascinating franchise. Artie Moreno just doesn't really care about the future of this team. Feels like every year their depth in the minor leagues are just worse and worse and worse. They don't ever have like a guy that they're looking forward to coming up and like turning the franchise around. The last time they had that was with Mike Trout, in my opinion. And he's now been in the league over 10 years. And speaking of Trout, like I, this is going to be a little bit of a Trout rant here but i think it's it's warranted uh let me guess you're a little bored right it's not that i'm bored i just want to pose this question what league showcases an mvp player year after year in the playoffs think about the nba giannis always in the playoffs uh nhl you got Ovechkin, Capitals, always in the playoffs. Mike Trout has been in the playoffs once in his career, and they got embarrassed by the Kansas City Royals. 
That's just not common to see someone that great at baseball not be in the playoffs. And I think part of the reason why he's not as popular is because of that reason. I'm also forgetting LeBron James. I'm purposely not saying his name because ESPN covers him way too much. And if you're tuning in, you're a sports fan, you know who he is. You know what he's done in his career. Moving on from LeBron James. But I'm curious to hear, like, why you think he's boring or why are you bored of him? And, and how is that even possible because he's so good at the game of baseball? It's because I've been, we've been watching him for going on 10 years now. And I think every time they talk about Mike Trout, they're talking as if there's new people watching the game. It's like, yes, I know how good he is. I've heard it a million times. He's in talent. He's this. He's that. Enough already. Yeah, he's a good baseball player. Okay, great. I can attribute some of it to him not, you know, playing on the big stage in the World Series or even the postseason for that matter, which is not his fault. And let me touch up on Artie Moreno for a second. He knows Mike Trout is wasting away there. But because of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, people come into the stands. Artie Moreno doesn't give a flying rat's ass about any of that. You said he doesn't care about the future. He doesn't give a flying fuck about the present either, it seems like. He does not care. What he what he'll do is he'll be like, see, we got Otani. We got Mike Trout. And look, we made these signings that doesn't move the needle at all. It's been there, done that. It's the same crap every year. The, it's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's the Anaheim Angels. It doesn't really matter what you are. You're irrelevant. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I've been wanting to hear this kind of rant from you since we started this podcast. So I love that I just naturally came up with the Angels and just talking about the Astros and just getting there because I wanted to hear that. And, you know, that's something I think our audience also wants to hear, and I hope you know we can get some conversations going in the chat under the comments in the YouTube section about this whole topic because I, I think it's just fascinating. Like I think it's fascinating how, like you said, they're really wasting Mike Trout Mike Trout's career in this city, and they don't give a shit about him or the fans. Like it's uh, I'm sorry for laughing. Like especially if you're an Angels fan, like you could probably like pulling your hair out at this point. But like, there's just got to be a point where man, like. Get this fucking guy out of here. And I think there was a small possibility this offseason that he was going to hand the team over, but it didn't happen. There, He was like, no, nah, I'm here to stay. Like, I'm, I enjoy this. <laughs> the Angels fans just cry in he's the like, closet after that happens. He's like, I make a couple of extra bucks. You know, my net worth improves a smidge. And because of that, I'm going to stay. Oh, your fanhood? Uh, whatever. Hey, look, we got these two players. Oh, look, we got that kid, Anthony Rendon. Yes, he does play, but every now and then. Ugh. It's so funny, too, that like their best players are named after fish <laughs> as well. <laughs> Tim Salmon, of course, for referring to their... Hey, um, shout out to Tim Salmon. Yeah. There was an interesting article I read from him last year when they like brought him back for the 20-year anniversary of that World Series team in 02, which is probably the last you know glory days of that franchise. Um, and he just said something like, you know, I, I go through life now and I look back at those times and like, I just can't believe like those things actually happen. Like, I can't believe that was a part of my life when that was going on because you're not really thinking about it when you're in the moment, but until you 
removed from it and you think back to it, you're like, damn, that really happened to me. I feel like I can relate to that in like certain aspects of my life, uh, especially like when I used to work for Major League Baseball. Like I look back at that time in my life. I'm like, wow, I really actually did that. And uh, I actually got some like awards out of it, which is pretty nuts to think about. But like, I'm just so far removed from that, that like being here with you now, like it's so, like so weird, I guess, coming back to it. But um, I could like relate with that kind of line of thinking that to me is fascinating in, in, in and of itself. Yeah, he's it's crazy, too, because the Angels, I remember when they won that in 2002. And I, I was thinking this team has a chance to possibly win another in the next couple of years or maybe even back to back. I thought they were going to be a competitive franchise, but it's just it never seemed to work out. And then after 20, I believe it was 2011, they knew Mike Trout was coming up, but they made a lot of free agent signings. They brought in Josh Hamilton. They brought in Albert Pujols. They brought in C.J. Wilson. All those guys in like one off season. Yep. Didn't For really amount to anything. Yeah, one playoff series against the Royals, and were embarrassed. I think they won one game in that in that DS, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one, yeah. But they wound up, yeah, but they wound up losing in Kansas City. Um, and that was the last time Mike Trout was in the playoffs. And again, like I'll just reiterate that it's just really fascinating that he's not been back to the postseason since. He's still one of the best baseball players around. And because of that feat of not making it to the playoffs, that's why he's not as popular. I think you said something funny in the offseason. Like he's been to more Eagles playoff games than he has regular postseason games for his team, which is sad. Yes. Yes, I did say that because it's true. Yeah, I mean Sorry. it's sad, and you know I, I'm to let, I don't want to like go too long with this. We'll wrap this up after this thought, but you know I remember thinking back in like 2015, I want to say, where I was just like, they should just ship him off. They should trade him, get like an insane haul back for him, and like set themselves up for a better future and like make the postseason quicker. But after hearing your thoughts about why he's there and, and ticket sales and everything. I'm like, yeah, I guess it just makes sense just to keep him around because people are just going to show up to watch him anyway. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad they're wasting him. Sad, just sad. The rosters that they've had over the last couple of years, there's some talent on the team, but, I mean, you could also blame this on the Astros as well. There aren't a whole lot of teams making it out of that AL West anyway. But... Yeah, it's it's just sad to watch him go to waste. And he hit I keep forgetting that he hit 40 homers and I think 119 games or so last year. I was like, "Oh." But I forgot he had 40 home runs cuz I stopped looking at the back of his baseball card and started looking at other players who play for winning teams in bigger games consistently. I want to be clear here, I'm not a Mike Trout hater at all. I respect him, but I I have to call this like I see it, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he was also overshadowed by Aaron Judge's chase past 61 last year. Um, so there's a reason why, you know, him hitting 40 homers, it's like almost you expect it. But at the same time, it's like this dude is putting up insane numbers, like some numbers you don't really see much at all in baseball history. Yet he's like somehow like forgotten. <laughs> and even the WBC, like he's come up with some clutch hits during this tournament. Uh, not so much last night's game, but you know, overall he's been pretty solid for them. He's locked in. He looks like he's about to go for another 40 home run season. And it's just like, 
nobody's like really honing in on him as much as they used to. So it's just, it's a fascinating story. And, you know, I'm interested to see what the angels do this year. Shohei Otani, you know, was he going to have another MVP season? Dude is absolutely insane. The fact they have two megastars on their team and still haven't made the playoffs. This is mind boggling. It's mind boggling. All right, let's head over to third base. We have some off the field news. Diamond sports declaring bankruptcy. What does that have to do with baseball, you ask? Well, it has a lot to do with the broadcasting scheduling of many Major League Baseball teams. Fazio, this is more your more your area, more your wheelhouse. You're the TV guy. Give me the specifics. What, Which teams and what exactly is going to happen? And will this help the fans, the casual fan, with blackouts? Or will it just continue to hurt them? Well, it's kind of a very, like, heavy topic. Um yeah, I work in, in business news, so it's kind of like my field to kind of like take a look at certain things, and especially this story. It's just interesting because it affects not only Major League Baseball, but it also affects uh, the NBA and NHL. And basically, anyone that has teams that are broadcast under the Bally Sports Network, which let's just go off topic here just for a second, because I am fascinated to say that Bally Sports of all places got the RSN deal, regional sports network deals. If anyone out there doesn't know what RSN means, essentially meaning that they are producing games for local teams, such as like the Cleveland guardians, the Cincinnati reds, the Arizona diamondbacks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They're, I don't know how they were able to get this money. I don't know how the, they were able to strike a deal with all these leagues. I thought it was incredible to see their name plastered all over different games from different teams in different leagues. I was completely blown away by that. I didn't know Bally's had anything to do with anything anymore anyway. Bally's total fitness is the only Bally's thing that really comes to mind. What I had no idea that they had even anything to do with baseball broadcasting. So when you sent me this story, all I could see was Bally's. And I'm like, okay. I was thinking about to the casino in Atlantic City, the Bally's Casino. But that's a different story for a different day. Yeah, this is this is just wild. Of all companies, I feel like you could have probably put any company in there, but somebody just decided to say, hey, let's, let's say Bally's has something to do with this. So that's just so random, but continue. Yeah, it's just fascinating. They were able to scrounge up all this money to strike a deal with all these leagues and produce these local sports games during the season. Uh, I, I know, you know, I think a couple of years ago, Barstool Sports was actually one company that wanted to produce these games. And Major League Baseball was like, nah, not going to happen. Can't have you guys do that. And I think they just found the best suitor, <clears throat> which was Bally Sports. And decided, you know, to strike a deal. But now that they're going bankrupt, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, in terms of like them being able to produce these games. MLB actually came out and said, you know, if they're not able to do that, MLB.tv will come in. Local people will be hired to produce these games and basically stream them live on MLB TV or even on TV itself through Major League Baseball. And with that, I believe they're also going to lift the blackout restrictions temporarily until a new deal is strict. So like, you know, say you're uh, an Arizona Diamondback fan living in New York City and they're playing the New York Mets. You're not going to be able to see them on your 
local, you know, Arizona Diamondbacks network. But because of this issue, they missed their payment out to them. I think it's like $25 million or so they missed out a payment to them too. Um, MLB TV is going to have to step in now, produce the games. And if, you know, they're playing the Mets early on, I don't know if they are or not, but let's just say like a different city, whoever's they're facing early on, you'll be able to watch them in that specific city. So, I mean, that's good news for the fan, but, you know, hopefully there is a deal in the future that someone else can come up and step in. Maybe someone like Apple could be a big suitor for them. They're already producing Friday night games. Their booth, you know, they're they're shaking up things in the booth, which I think is definitely needed. Um, but I will say the picture quality, the graphics, and the stats that they produced last year are actually pretty cool and different from other broadcasts. And I would like to see a little more of that if I could, if you know, if they ha- and they have the money to do it. Um, it would be cool to see more games from them if, if you know, if they decide to do that. So um, I believe YouTube is also probably another suitor only because they're going to be taking NFL Sunday ticket in the future as well. So that to me is interesting. I know this is a little business newsy for this podcast, but again, I'm a little in the field with this one. So I kind of get a grasp for what's going on here. And to me, it's fascinating. So I just, you know, felt like wanted to kind of share this with you guys in the podcast and, uh, you know, just bring it out there for awareness. But for you, Mike, like, I know it doesn't really affect us too. Cause like the Mets and Yankees are on different kind of regional networks. Yes. Network SNY, and they're under different umbrellas. So it doesn't really affect us that much, but overall, like it'd be interesting to see, like if someone else kind of steps in and takes over. Yeah, I feel like out of all the sports, Major League Baseball is kind of behind when it comes to accessibility for its fans and in terms of streaming. It's it's really hard to just find a baseball game and try to stream it. For example, MLB Network, you can't just stream MLB Network. You either have to join Roku, Fubo, or other platforms such as that, or have a cable provider. And you're always finding a random workaround to to watch or stream a baseball game. Luckily, there's the SNY app for the Mets, but it's just I don't know. We want they. It's very contradictory because they want eyes on this game, yet you can't stream this damn thing anywhere. And want to touch up real quick on Apple TV. I know last year was kind of the inaugural year breaking into uh, baseball and baseball broadcasting. Wasn't crazy about, you know, some of the people they had in the booth, but they could fix that easily. They could take care of that. But the graphics were incredible. You know, the stat cast, the, the specific stats, the sabermetrics, um, just, you know, uh, exit velo. Now, some people could care less about that stuff, and I could go either way, but I have no problem if they put stats up like that. I think they could find a way to make that broadcast really cool. Yeah, and like going with back to the Apple TV thing too, uh, like they did drop Katie Nolan and Melanie Newman um, in their booth, so they won't be in there longer. I think with Katie Nolan, she was just trying to be like cracking jokes and like be herself, and like I just don't think it fit that kind of like production. The comedian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do think she does well in other uh, capacities. She's a good like comedian. ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I think she, like, it just didn't land with the broadcast. And, like, they tried that with Dennis Miller back in, like, the early 2000s with Monday Night Football, and it just didn't, it didn't work. So, you know, I think it was, an, like, an honorable thing for her to try, but I think ultimately this was the right decision. And 
Um, hopefully they just bring in somebody, you know, that is more baseball centric can just add a little more to the game. I did like Dallas Braden. Uh, I think he, I like Dallas Braden a lot. Yeah. Like he's more of that new school, new style kind of like voice. And I think they just need someone like that who was like either a part of major league baseball or like his well-known around major league baseball to be in there. Just kind of add some more fun to it. Some more, you know, cracking jokes like that in that nature of like knowing the game and, you know, being around the game and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think their graphics and their picture quality too was great. I think it was actually top notched. I think it was one of the best that I've seen out of any production. So um, hopefully, you know, if they do strike a deal in the local RSNs, I don't know if I'm, this is all speculation. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if they do wind up doing that, I think, you know, it could be good for that. But I'm sure a lot of older people will be very furious because they, would not like the streaming part of that <laughs> yeah with apple the graphics are good but i i do think they might need to make them a little bit more baseball like related to baseball i think the graphics are just they're just graphics they're very plain they're good but they're very plain they're not very baseball centric i gotta be honest the first game on apple tv i thought they were playing it in uh an apple store not gonna lie to you uh, everything was apple this and apple that i think that was the whole point of it i think they wanted their mark on the game and i think like you said it felt like you're opening an app on an apple store or something like that that's owned by apple and you're watching a baseball game i i definitely agree with you there but I do think that something about the simplicity is nice. And I think if they were to make it a little more baseball centric, that they don't need to do that much to it. I think they could just keep a lot of the elements, maybe make it a little more baseball ish and they could just, you know, continue on with their do there. Um, so we'll see how it goes this year. Uh, I believe uh, NBC Peacock also has some Sunday games this year as well. Uh, some early games like 11 a.m. So, uh, I think that's cool too. Get a little early game action going on a Sunday, kind of. I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. about that game last year. Yeah, I mean, they also. I think there was a broadcast too. They had like no announcers. They just had like the natural sounds from the stadium. I think it was in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they do something like that again. I personally like to hear a voice. I I, I think a lot of broadcasters get a lot of flack. Some of them is deserving, but I think for the most part. I like to hear like a voice to the team. I, I think it's important. They bring in their own like take to it. And I think that's where a lot of people, especially in the playoffs, they kind of complain because they're not hearing their like local voice. And of course for you Mets fans having, you know, Gary, Keith and Ron, the best booth in the business, it's uh, hard to replace that. So um, maybe they could do something like that where they bring them in for a Sunday afternoon game on Peacock and they can do that because they actually are owned by NBC and NBC owns SNY. So they could technically do that. So it would be cool if they could pull something like that off for a game. That would be fun to see Gary, Keith, and Ron on a Sunday morning. They're funny. They're funny, those three. Keith Hernandez, he toes the line every now and then. You know, you're like, oh, should he have said that? But that's why I like him. So Yeah, it gives some juice to the game, gives some headlines. I'm cool with that. You know, as long as he's not saying anything like racist or something like that. Yeah. Fine, but he's know, he good. toes the line, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. Now, Keith... Guy was in game six. <laughs> Guys, we're not going to lie to you. We're Seinfeld fans here. Big one. Comment below sure if you're a Seinfeld fan. I'm sure more uh, more references will be uh, leaked out in the coming episodes as we roll along here. 
Sounds like we're rounding third heading home. What do you say? Let's take our butts home. The weather is beautiful out there. Still some daylight. I might might go for a walk. I don't know. It looks beautiful out there. No, we're probably going to be editing videos. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Which we uh, love to do. <laughs> yeah, so much so that, uh, you know, I might even take a crack at one of these in the future as well. Just kind of, you know, put my touch on it, see how we do it. But yeah, so I thought this was, you know, great little show we had together today. Um, like I said before, Sean couldn't make today's episode, but hopefully he'll be around for the next one as we do our regular season preview, 2023 preview. Can you believe the season's coming up next week? It's going to, you said it's two Thursdays from now, which I, I can't even believe it's this close already. Next week's episode, we're going to break down each division, division winners, league winners, World Series winner, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. We're going to go deep. We're going to go deep with this 2023 season. We're going to give you all our predictions, and we're not just going to give you our prediction predictions in one episode and then just kind of bury them. We're going to revisit them in April. May, June, you know it. We're at the end of the season, we're going to look back at them. We're going to say, wow, that was a horrible prediction. Or this guy's fucking Notre Dame over here. I'm probably not going to be Notre Dame. Sometimes I nail some. Sometimes I'm way off. And that's just all the fun of it. I mean, we're just predicting. We have no sort of insight in the games of the clubhouses. But we're going to put our predictions out there and we're going to see if, you know, some of them come to fruition because it's fun and we enjoy it and we hope you enjoy it as well. And next week's episode should be a banger. I think, you know, we'll just basically focus mainly on all that. Maybe do a little season preview for fantasy as well for you fantasy baseball heads out there. Uh, ourselves in our league, we have a, a draft coming up in a week or so. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to see where the chips fall in that draft. And, uh, Definitely stick around for more episodes from us. And as we get the season rolling along, we're going to be here to kind of give our analysis each week during the regular season and kind of talk about the biggest headlines through each week. Yeah, I think since our fantasy draft is next week, Foz, I think we should, uh, all three of us, me, you, and Sean, show our rosters to the fans at home. I want them to comment below who they think has the best roster, who has the worst roster, who they think is going to go far in the league, and who's going to possibly win it. And if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button below for more episodes just like this. You can find us here on YouTube, or if you'd like, you can watch us on Rumble as well. And you could listen to Baseball 360 podcasts on anywhere you find your podcasts. We just want to say thank you for joining us this episode. We'll see you next week.